I have wondered about this for like 15 years. Welcome back to Poddigis. This is episode two. We're covering the first arc of Digimon Adventure this week, covering episodes one through eight. That's the first section of the Devimon arc, covering up to Devimon's introduction. Um, and as always, I'm your host, Jeff Ruberg, joined by Ashley McDonald. Hi. And Asher Softman. What up? First of all, I have some corrections and feedback from the first episode. The episode you're listening to now was recorded a couple weeks ago, but I'm doing some time traveling. First of all, thank you to everyone who listened to that episode and is listening to it again now. I guess you have to be if you're hearing this. Uh, a lot more people listen than we ever expected, so thank you very much to everyone. Uh, and we're also on iTunes now. Uh, we weren't when the first episode launched, so if you listen to podcasts on iTunes, you should subscribe to us there and rate us if you want to. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, so for some corrections... Uh, I mentioned last week that Hunters was a spinoff of the sixth season uh, of Digimon, Cross Wars, and that's not true. It was always intended to be part of season six. Uh, there's some confusion about that. And also I referred to the title as the Hunter Boys Who Left Through Time when it's actually the young hunters who left through time. I was trying to make a connection to the movie The Girl Who Left Through Time, um, which has a similar title in Japanese. There's basically Shoujo is replaced with Shonen Hantatachi. And the reason I thought it was interesting, the connection to The Girl Who Left Her Time, is that that movie was directed by Mamoru Hosoda, which I m- mentioned his name and didn't explain, that he directed an episode of Adventure, the one where Tai returns home, and also the two Digimon adventure movies. Uh, we also mentioned that TK's name differed in the dub, and it turns out his name is Takeru in the dub and in the original Japanese. TK is introduced as a nickname for Takeru dub. Yeah, so those are our corrections. Uh, both of those come from Inpu on the With the Will forums, so thank you for those corrections. Uh, we appreciate any feedback like that. Okay, uh, I'm going to dive into a quick summary of the episodes just to jog everyone's memory uh, in case you haven't seen it in 15 years. <laughs> All right, so in episode one, and so it begins, we meet the kids at camp before they're pulled into the digital world and meet their in-training Digimon partners. The kids are chased by an aggressive Kuagumon before the Digimon all digivolve to their rookie forms to defend them. In episode two, the birth of Greymon, the kids make their way to a beach where they find mysterious and inoperable telephone booths. They are attacked by an aggressive Shellmon before Agumon digivolves to Greymon. In episode three, Garurumon, the kids find a deserted trolley car on an island in the middle of a lake and make their camp for the first night. They're awoken when they accidentally enrage a Sijamon in the lake, and Gabumon digivolves to Garurumon to defend Matt. In episode four, Biomon gets firepower, the kids make their way to a village of Yokomon, which is soon attacked by a black gear inflicted Merrimon. Biomon digivolves to Bergemon to defend Sora and the village, and they destroy the black gear, calming Merrimon. In episode 5, Kabuterimon's Electroshocker, the kids explore an abandoned factory where they are chased by a black-geared Andromon. Izzy is able to trigger Tentamon's Digivolution to Kabuterimon, who destroys the black gear. In episode 6, Togemon and Toy Town, the kids are separated and taken prisoner under hypnosis by Monzaemon in Toy Town, except for Mimi and Palmon. They face off against Monzaemon, and with the help of several Mimi-worshipping Numenmon and Palmon's Digivolution to Togemon, destroy Monzaemon's black gear. In episode 7, Ikakumon's Harpoon Torpedo, the kids walk to the base of Infinity Mountain. They argue over their next move before Joe and Gomamon climb up on their own in the night to scout. When they're attacked by Unimon and Gomamon digivolves to Ikakumon to destroy the gear. In episode 8, Evil shows his face. After reaching the top of Infinity Mountain, the kids meet Ogremon and Leomon, recently possessed by Devimon. They find a mansion on the way down and gorge themselves on food and relax until Devimon reveals the mansion to be an illusion, breaks File Island into several pieces, and scatters the children among them. 
ties the device, breaks Devimon's hold on Leoman, but Leoman himself lets himself get possessed again to buy time for Ty to escape. All right. Uh, the TLDR version of that would be everyone gets to champion level except for TK. The end. <laughs> True facts. And there's lots of stuff. And they complain a lot. <laughs> and they talk about food a lot. They do. And they talk about how they miss home a lot. Not as much as I would have expected. Right? In the beginning it wasn't, but then there were like, like can't, three or four episodes in a row where they talked about it every episode. Like yeah. it was an obligatory moment. It was an obligatory scene every episode where they had to talk about it. I think to just to remind the viewers that they were from, like, if you caught it, if like episode seven was your first episode, to just remind you that they're from the real world. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also they were a little bit more secure in in their safety at that point because they knew that their Digimon could digivolve, so they had time to worry about uh, things like missing home instead of being eaten. Sure. <laughs> I think they first do it in the sewers, so it's not like they're. I don't know. It's not the most secure place. And then they get pooped thrown at them. <laughs> I was hoping we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> you were really hoping we weren't going to talk about poop in Digimon? <laughs> okay, I wrote it down as notes and then I purposely deleted my notes on them. <laughs> well, we don't have to talk about it yet, but by the end of season one, we're going to talk a lot about poop. poop. Yeah. <laughs> Asher, you want to talk about the gender dynamics? Actually, why doesn't Ashley start this one? Okay. Why don't I start this one? Yes. Okay. I can start it if you don't want to. <laughs> I mean, I was just... Within, like, two minutes of the show, Ty introduces Sora as she's okay for a girl. <laughs> and I'm just... Yeah. I mean, all of Ty's introductions have some qualifier to them. Like, they're cool, except not. <laughs> not really. Um... <laughs> And I just feel like, yeah, they're very inconsistent with their showings of Sora and Mimi. Like, Sora's supposed to be cool. She's kind of shown as, like, below Ty and Matt. She's, like, third string awesomeness or something. But then yeah. in all her scenes, like, when she's thinking about home, they, like, show her miss missing doing laundry. I'm like, really? You miss doing chores? I didn't think <laughs> laundry. about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's visually that. what they show is her, is her hanging up, like... Yeah. Sheets or something. I guess it made sense because it was like, it feels like a very nostalgic and like pleasant smell. Like I, I could, <laughs> I could envision that even though I never hung laundry outside. And honestly, this is a thing that plagues Sora throughout both season one and season two. I mean, we're going to be talking about really? this a lot. I but feel. it makes, yeah. it makes her career as a fashion designer make more sense because all she wanted to do was fold laundry. I, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no. no okay, I, I actually have more to talk about about Ty's introduction. Um, yeah, go for it. And so he says about Sora that she's okay for a girl, like Ashley mentioned. Um, and Mimi, he says, I bet you can guess her favorite color, because I guess she's shown in pink, which I couldn't really tell, because I'm colorblind. He's always <laughs> wearing pink and purple. That wasn't obvious to me. Um, oh, I'm sorry. But I thought about that line, or those lines a lot, and in some way it makes a lot of sense for Ty to feel that way, to say those things. Because that's how a boy his age would treat that. And I think it's interesting, Ty's characterization of everyone else, it characterizes him too. You know, like, oh, he yeah, introduces everyone sure. else. And it also shows you that, you know, he isn't open to these people in certain ways and shows his biases. That he's yeah. a jerk. <laughs> but, but then I wonder, like, is that bad for the like? Because then it, it skews the audience. And yeah, I don't know. But then I couldn't think of any other ways where they, like, how could they do it without having one of the characters? Well, no, I mean... I'm okay with Ty's introductions showing what he thinks of the kids and, you know, 
having a, a 10 or 11 year old boy's perspective on what girls are supposed to be like and what's fun to hang out with. But at the same time, like the show itself doesn't do a great job of, of portraying either of them as consistent, fully developed characters, yeah. particularly Mimi. Um, yeah. Oh my God. She's just like, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, she's not as ditzy. No, she definitely, Oh, maybe not. Oh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> do we want to go full Mimi now? Sure. We'll go Mimi. I'm so happy. I think you mean we're going full Mimi. We're going full Mimi here. Okay. And I think a lot of that is the dub putting yeah. stuff in that isn't actually there. Because a lot of it, you don't actually see Mimi say it. It's, you know, when they're panning up and Mimi just has some comment on a mall or shoes or something. And it's to fill the empty space and to remind everyone, oh yeah, Mimi's the girly girl. Yeah, I'm thinking specifically of episode, I don't know what episode it was, two or three, when they're on the little island thing. They're like, we, we need a we need a compass or whatever. And then she's like, they're like, oh, what does Mimi have in this giant bag that she's been carrying around makeup? And then she's like, I have a compass and like other useful things. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and then- but the thing is, the thing is she has a compass and then later refers to it as a clock that lost its numbers. Yeah. Like, wait, when does that happen? <laughs> that happened. Um- so it, it's when they're in the desert and she shows in the compass and is like, here's my clock, the lost numbers. And then Izzy sees it and is like, oh, it's weird because it doesn't point north anymore. And it, because uh, of the metal in the sand. Yeah. And it gets this. It reminded me of Lost, especially then, because it's like, oh no, we're on this weird island and compasses don't point north anymore. I thought they had also commented in episode three that it it was broken. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. They might have. I don't remember. Not that they're consistent with the information they provide you. No, they are not. But yeah, like, why would Mimi have those things if she didn't know how they worked? I really wish I had a chance to watch the sub and see if she actually knows how they work in the original well i mean they are supposed to be at camp you know it could just be that she's supposed to have like everyone's supposed to have the supplies but then why doesn't everyone yeah why would she be the one who would have kept them well she is supposed to be the one who was carrying joe's bag that day but joe is carrying joe's bag that stuff's not in his bag (laughs) yeah no it doesn't really make any sense but um i love mimi (laughs) (laughs) i love her more now than i ever did i didn't like her as a kid and i think Uh, i think we were socialized not to like her because we're socialized not to value girly things most definitely yeah i definitely appreciated her more watching it now yeah and there's a lot of subtle things that she does that are different from the other kids that are actually really great um in episode one she's the only one that actually allows tanimon to try to fight oh yeah i remember noting that and i was like oh yeah yeah, doesn't that's awesome and isn't Tanaman also the only one who's rational about it? Like, everyone else is like, we need to fight her. And Tanaman, yeah, Tanaman's pretty calm about it. Palamon's really great. And yeah. what else did she do? Uh, Mimi gives Palamon her hat at one point. And nobody else takes care of their Digimon yet. Uh, well, Sunamon is always carried by Matt. Okay, but it's Sunamon <laughs> for one episode. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dog. <laughs> She also tells Ty to suck it up and eat birdseed because it would when? be rude not to. When uh, at yeah, the Yokomon village, she tells him to do it. Uh, She's the only one that's actually like, yeah, whatever, just eat it. It's rude not to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm very disgusted now about everyone's treatment of her in episode six, which is the Togemon one. The mm-hmm. Numamon. Why? Just why? Oh, yeah. Why? Why does, it, why does it have to be about how, show cu- how cute she is? And also, TK. 
in episode two, uh, TK's talking to Mimi, and Mimi's like, hey, can you share your snacks with me? And he's like, of course. Isn't she cute? Oh, yeah. He's like, yo. <laughs> he's, al- he's already been socialized to think of girls that way. Right? He's like right. eight. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much that's like. I, yeah, I mean, it's weird to use that language at the same. But it, I feel like that, that that felt that ring true to me that like a little kid is just like, oh, this girl is nice to me. I'm going to like be happy about it and treat them nicely. I didn't think it was actually like, you know, I thought she it, is physically attractive. What I thought was weird about it was that he turned away from her to tell Matt yeah. that she was cute. It was very much an objectifying moment. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like, even if he meant it innocently, the way Jeff is implying, it still shows that our culture like indoctrinates that that behavior is okay when it's not necessarily okay just because people have taught you that it is. On the other hand, I'm glad that so far um, it hasn't really been about how Mimi is so sweet everyone wants to do everything for her. I mean, you get a little bit of that with the Numamon, but... Togemon also Man, is a awesome. brawler. Yeah. Brawler. Yeah, she fights with her fists. None of the other Digimon do that. Yeah, I would say that the idea of girls having to have stuff done for them is not really present in any of Digimon that I can recall. Uh, no. Well, disprove me. You'll see later on in Digimon Adventure, actually. Oh, with Kari? With Mimi, actually. Oh. With Kari a bit, too. With Kari a bit. Um, with Sora a very little bit. Um, you see it with Kari also in, in season two. Um, people, yeah, they fight over her too. And then in Frontier, there's some of it. There's quite a bit of it actually, especially Mm. since there's only one girl in Frontier. My girl ever important? Like, (laughs) I liked her, but, um, everyone besides, uh, Koji and Takuya lost relevance after like the halfway point. Yeah. So eventually no. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I, I take back my statement, but the lasting impression I had was not that. That doesn't mean that the, there aren't problematic examples. It's, I would say it's problematic overall. Yeah, and I guess it's also always true that every season has, even if a season has strong female characters, they're always um, one-upped by, like, the main character is always male, and it's always, the everyone else loses relevance later on. And There are also always more males. Yeah. yeah. Period. Um, so even if you have different kinds of girls and different kinds of strengths you don't have as many as the guys do you don't have as many examples yeah and i don't know i'll get into this later actually when we get into the crests but sora's character arc is very wobbly i would say and you you see a little bit of it in episode what is it for uh because looking at it it looks more like she's sort of uncomfortable about how affectionate Bioman is towards her, but her narration is was something yeah, like very it, strange. It felt very bipolar about that. Yeah. And I don't know if the dub was trying to play up this idea that Sora is a tomboy and therefore she's cool. Because I mean, her later character arc is about love. It's about protecting others, which is great. That's a kind of strength too. It's sort of disappointing that both the girls only fight For that reason, it's sort of like, we're not on the front lines sort of deal for them. Okay, group chemistry. So 
one thought I had about quick chemistry was that it didn't, I don't know, I want to get your ideas about this, but I didn't feel like there was a huge difference between how the, the kids interacted in the first episode and the end of this by the eighth episode. There were some things, like there were some pairings that didn't really exist, like Matt and Ty, uh, you know, weren't as competitive, com- combative with each other, but overall it did not feel like they're more of a team now. I'd agree. Yeah. Right now, I think, seems to be about bonding with their individual Digimon. I guess so. I guess what what threw me off and surprised me was that I forgot that when you first are introduced to them in at their camp, that they're all together. They're already a group, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not supposed to have actually really known each other that long, but I, was, like, I expected them to, you know, like, run into each other and then get thrown in Digiworld. But instead, it's just like, oh, they're here, and they don't feel... I wasn't like, oh, and they're just meeting for the first time. It was like, oh, yeah, they're here, and they just don't have Digimon yet. Well, there were also a lot of other kids at camp, and it's shown later on that Mimi has friends outside of this group. So I don't... It doesn't bother me that they don't really know each other that well yet. I figured it was... But that's, that's what seemed weird like to me. It was like the first... It was the first day of summer camp. But what, what seemed weird to me is they didn't seem to, they didn't seem so unfamiliar. Like, I expected them to, Because like, they'd already been introduced. It was, like, halfway through the first day of summer camp. Yeah. Have you never been to summer camp? <laughs> I have. I have not, with six <laughs> six people, been transformed to the digital world. Although, I have been, when whenever I've been at summer camp, on August 1st, I'm always like, come on, snow, snow, snow. But, well, wow. But- this was, like, 13 years ago. I mean, it feels confusing because it feels both like they don't know each other very well, but also that Ty had already made all of these assumptions about them based on half a day of summer camp was strange. And like, and I guess it's strange simply because his points are not proven or like relatively accurate still. Like his stereotypes about them do prove true. (laughs) Well, actually, doesn't Ty already know Sora? I thought they were on the same soccer team. Uh, yeah, that might be it. And he seemed to already... That was weird. He seemed to already know Joe, but I don't see he did? how he would. How did... There was, like, one... It's just a gut feeling I had at some point where he... It might have been in, in Joe's episode where he, like, turned to Joe and was like, okay, settle this for us. Mm. But I, I, th- I, I think, think I was, was just, just him being there. I mean, what, oh, what's okay. not apparent in the dub, at least... I'm not sure if it's different in Japanese... Is that Joe is supposed to be the oldest and is supposed to, like, if they were actually at camp, he should be the one in charge. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I thought that's what that was. But I think so, too. Okay, so. I think it's also the perception <laughs> that Joe is the most rational, overthinky one. Rational is not the word I would <laughs> use, but he's, I mean, in the dub anyway, he's supposed to be, you know, Mr. Reliable. But yeah, they're not a team yeah. yet. I, that's what I would, I, yeah, that's what I would expect. I would. And then, I mean, spoilers for the next arc, but the next arc is about them coming together in small groups. Yeah, all, yeah. Yeah. I like the idea. Like, it feels like when they're all together, they can't really develop anything. When they're split off, they can, uh, you know. Start to, anyway. Yeah, strengthen the certain bonds and then. Yeah. But, yeah. Each episode actually showed the different ways each character approaches a problem or a challenge. Um, you know, Ty runs right in. Well, I find that interesting because the one thing that I noted down about anyone using what I thought was real strategy was Ty in uh, the Andromon episode. He tells yeah. Agumon to like, you know, knock cable, knock uh, things down onto Andromon. I noticed that. I was like, oh, Ty's starting to show some leadership potential there because he's not really the leader yet. Except he is. I guess. <laughs> Well, we all know he's going to be because he's wearing the goggles and he's the first character to talk, but he's not really the leader yet. 
is he shown in like when they when they walk off in, at the end in episode two? Isn't he in the middle though? Probably. I mean, Ty, so might, or, even if it's not obvious. I mean, Matt is always fighting it, with him, like with explicit language about it is him being the leader or whatever. Yeah, so explicit. that only happened once. Yeah, really? that happened in the episode with Joe. So that was a later. He hasn't really told anyone what they should do, and if he has. They haven't listened to him yet. So he's not the leader yet. They're Right now, they're kind of aimlessly wandering because they keep getting chased out of wherever they are by Digimon. Yeah, that's true. They are just wandering as a pack now. And, and Yeah, I'm so, interested to see when that transformation happens. I think it happens during the Edamon. I think it... I, it might start to happen towards the end of this one. I mean, my, my recollection is that it, it really like isn't solidified in the Edamon arc, but then once... Everything falls apart when he leaves. Then yeah. once they come back together, then it's apparent. Yeah. But then they also split up again in Japan all the time. So Yeah, but like they all feel even when they're split up in Japan, they feel like a very coherent group. Like they have a center. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's different when they split up any time in the digital world. That's true. Like they're they're stranded, whereas at home it's like, yeah, we just do things. Yeah. We were out. They were able to keep in communication with one another. Yeah. Even though they didn't have cell phones. How, how do you guys feel about the animation so far? It's laughable. That's why I laugh. Thank you for explaining your laughter. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have anything to say about this. It was a quickly produced show for kids uh, in, what year was this? Like 1999? Yeah. I mean, looking at other stuff that came out around then, it's not that much better. Uh, I, I guess I don't really know what to compare it to. Pokemon. Pokemon had more budget, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm most interested in comparisons to other seasons of Digimon. Well, of course, this one sucks in comparison to other seasons of Digimon. Techniques improve, technology improves. Yes, so. And they got more yeah. money because they became a franchise after this. Mm. Yeah. Animation generally just improves if it's like, oh, clearly we made money off of this. Now we'll throw more money at it. Yeah. Okay, so... We're coming up with reasons why it's okay, maybe. We're, ju- we're, we're justifying why the budget or why the budget is bad and why that makes the animation bad. But I think we should just agree the animation is terrible. There are. Yeah. Yeah. There's. They reuse backgrounds and stuff. And the backgrounds <laughs> are. The backgrounds are. Like, I guess that's the thing. Like, the, in addition to the budget being low, it seems like the art style chosen for the backgrounds is terrible. Maybe it's a way to save budget by yeah. adding other little splotchy things, but like. <laughs> ugh. see i'm all nostalgic about it so i don't even really see these things anymore yeah yeah i'm I'm just like that's just the digital world man and we're watching nostalgia (laughs) and i noticed so when cedramon comes out of the lake in episode three like they they never try they never try i guess it's hard to do but they never animate the lake's water except for like one scene where he's coming out and it's like it's laughable um yeah and, uh, I don't. I have nothing to contribute about this. Like, yeah, it's awful. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's all we. Have <laughs> that's to say. why we made yeah. Progyphius. No, that's not the name I went with. What? What? Isn't that what it is? <laughs> no, it's Digimon Giflog. Yeah, and then you made the tagline be Progyphius. Okay, but that's not the name. It should Anyways. be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have started a Tumblr about gifts from Digimon and many of them are probably going to be laughable animation. Although the first one that I put up there is not that laughable to anyone aside from me. Um, Ash, did you see it? I thought it was pretty funny when it happened. I shared it. I shared it. Yeah. When it happened. And then I made a gif about it. And then like, when I look at the gif, I'm like, this isn't that bad. 
And then I shared on Reddit, and I think it actually is now at negative one votes, as opposed to the the Greymon grabbing one that I made, which got like I don't know, like fifty or something. Um, fifty up yeah, votes, so, right? <laughs> yeah, up votes. yeah, but I'm like, so I guess people don't. I, in context, it looks so bad, but uh, I guess out of context, just seeing a GIF, you're like, uh, I don't know what's bad about it. Um, it's going to be available in the show notes, uh, and then you can get to the the blog from there and subscribe or follow it on Tumblr or whatever you do on Tumblr. I don't know what time <laughs> How do we feel about the name Ty? There's an interesting story because um, Ty's last name in the dub is Kamiya, right? Yeah. In the Japanese, it's Yagami, which means eight gods or something. But they changed it because Yagami spelled backwards is I'm a gay. Really? Are you serious? I believe that is why they changed it. Yeah. <laughs> What, what source do <laughs> The internet. All of the internet? <laughs> then why did they make it name? Because he's Japanese. I mean, so, yeah, that's what seems weird to me, that they, with some of the names, went all out to make them sound English. I guess not all, not that many, but I guess there's, like, uh, Izzy and Matt. Well, like, yeah, they all actually keep their their last names. They're all still Japanese last names. Izzy's name actually, well, yeah, but it's still a Japanese last name, but Izzy's nickname is actually from his last name because his last name is Izzy. I guess I I I was wondering like where that came from. And then I thought it was, I thought it was a weird coincidence. And TK is Takeru. So that makes sense. And Matt is the middle of Yamato. So whatever. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess in the season, they really don't go all out in any, in any sense. They, they, they tweak, they tweak a lot of the names. Yeah. But aside from it's not like as bad as season what, two. I'm thinking Or of, season three. I'm thinking of season six with what is Taiki to Mikey. Ain't nobody seen Did they season do that? Six. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you're the only one that saw that in English. No, I haven't seen it in English. I just know that his name is Mikey. Oh, is it really? That sounds yeah. awful. That's really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Although some of the names in the Japanese were already pretty unfortunate. In which season? Six. Uh, like what? Kiriha. I that doesn't sound like a first name to me. First of all, but also, what was that kid's name with the sword? I can't remember. I thought it was something like to to carry. Like no, no, it started with a Z. Oh, I remember that much. It was something ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tangent. Yeah, but yeah, the localization isn't bad in this one. But I wonder, like, why did they? Why did they think that Hikari was too Japanese, but Kari was okay? Like, why, why did they, you know, tweak them a little bit? Probably for their own, for the comfort of the actors, actually. Because it's, Kari is easier for an English-speaking person to say than Hikari. Yeah, it's true. Properly. Properly. Um, tai is obviously easier than Tai Chi. Hmm. What did you... And all the rest of them pretty much kept their names. Matt's obviously easier than Yamato. Yeah, they they went from, not all of them, but a bunch of them went from being several syllables and in Japanese pronounced a particular way. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't be able to give it saying, I'm trying to think how, like, Yamato someone could mispronounce. Oh, God. Or, I'm trying to think of how, like, Sakura. Haikari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, Haikari just sounds ridiculous, but. Okay, I could see Yamato. Yeah. But, yeah, with Matt, with Tai, with. They're all easy to... There's no way to mispronounce them. I mean, there is, but it's harder. Can you do it right now on the spot? Easy? 
what what am I pronouncing? Any of the names wrong. Carrie. <laughs> Matt and TK are not half brothers. Oh yeah. That- Even in the dub, <laughs> they're not half brothers. <laughs> so that I made me wonder if that was like a translation issue. Was that a they didn't the like a, a minor thing that the the dubbers didn't because they should have seen far enough ahead to like yeah have their see parents. where they're in Japan and right. they. I'm wondering if maybe they didn't know if they were going to keep airing after episode 13 or. Yeah, I guess they're. So I looked into this recently and Mm -hmm. because I heard a rumor that um, in Japan, the first three episodes were created as a test to see if it would succeed. And then the rest of it was, you know, created after not not after they aired, but in enough time so they could be consecutive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that they were written in different chunks. And it seems like that rumor has no. basis um so i i I didn't investigate this tons but i asked about it on uh, the with the will forums recently um and the consensus seems to be that this has been something that's been discussed a lot and there's no real basis for that rumor um Mm -hmm. but then there's also the sub sub rumor i guess that you know in in japan they all were written as a whole and commissioned as a whole but in america they were going to air the 13 episodes and then decide, but that doesn't seem to have any basis either in hmm. sources. Um, it's interesting that Ty doesn't mention having a sister. Yeah, especially when. <laughs> yes, yeah, so to be clear, we're going to be talking about Kari's existence in this arc if they planned that. And yeah, there's there are obvious points. You know, there's TK. All, episode two. I mean, episode two is about Ty's reaction to Matt's treatment of TK. Episode three. Sorry, yeah, episode three. Yeah, and it just comes off as like. Looking back at it, I don't even know if that's supposed to, if I'm supposed to be getting all this, you know, subtle detail about how it's about Ty seeing Matt and how he sees Kari or because it seems like it'd be so easy to just say I have a little sister. Right. I don't think they planned Kari. But so do you mean in the Japanese or in the English? I think in the Japanese, they hadn't. No, but they totally did. Did they? Because the movie aired first. And the movie aired first. Really? And in the last, in episode eight, when they're all in their beds in the imaginary mansion, there is an eighth bed that is unoccupied. Ooh, I never noticed that. Yeah, so Ashley and I were discussing this, and we, we weren't sure. Like, there's an eighth bed that's unoccupied, and that fits perfectly. But is it just because, was it just for symmetry? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it could have just been for symmetry. It could have just been for symmetry. And it doesn't fit the, the prophecy that hasn't come up yet. Is that in the... Leomon, Leomon hasn't talked about it yet. So yeah, there's, the two, there's two prophecies, yeah. Um, Leomon has a prophecy about the smallest Digi-destined Digi blah, blah, blah. And then Mayorosman has his other prophecy about the eighth child. And so are you saying it doesn't fit because TK I'm wouldn't saying, be the smallest? Yeah, Kari's smaller than TK. Oh, no, she's not. At this point, Kari is taller than TK, isn't she? I don't know. I mean... I think she is. But even if it was... Just for just for <laughs> symmetry, it's clearly if they did the movie first, knew that Kari exists, and then put that in there, yeah. it could still be foreshadowing. Even <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't know they did the movie first. Yeah, we trapped you. Oh, yeah, got you to say something that's wrong. <laughs> I said something that's wrong. I I beg for forgiveness, <laughs> as you should. Huh? Huh? Now we've enlightened you. Your whole view of the world yeah. is different now. We've enlightened. Yeah, we've enlightened him because Kari. Uh. Uh. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I touched. I actually touched on this a little bit before. Um, 
when I was talking about how the each kid has a different method of facing a challenge of facing a Digimon. And oh yeah, I, I think I think I cut you off on that. Can you like finish going to that? Because I cut you off with the Agumon thing. I mean, I can address it now. Yeah. I don't remember okay. what exactly I was saying then, but like you know, Ty rushes in to fight alongside of Agumon. Matt tries to distract Cedramon to protect his brother. Um, Sora chases after Biomon because she likes Biomon and she feels protective towards her also. And they all want to keep the village safe. It's interesting how the kids are already going down the paths of their crests. Cause Izzy is, Izzy pulls his straight through figuring out the code in the pursuit of knowledge. Uh, sure. What? That, that, that's definitely what was supposed to happen. <laughs> I thought that the, the way it was written did not convey that. The way it was written was Izzy found a code that made Tentamon burn up. And then later on, or found a, whatever found a code means he like, what, whatever. And then later on, Tentamon was like, you should enter that code again. Cause it'll make me digivolve. And he was like, you're right. And then did it, and it worked, and that made no sense. Oh, and it made sense to me because the the glowing light in Tentomon was the same color as the uh, the Digivice meter bars. Yeah, I think I remember making that connection as a kid too. But logically, that doesn't like why was it hurting him before? Because it was pure energy. But why did it make him digivolve the, the, now? The, Ugh, why did he the need, battery, Why did he need that? Like, why couldn't the whole discovery oh. of that episode was that knowledge is power. That information is power in the digital world. So entering the code that powers the the um, factory powered his Digimon. Hmm. I can see that now. I can see how that's what they're trying for. Ugh, they it, they messed it up in the dub. I don't know how it went in the sub. Yeah. And but, um, keep going on about. Yeah. Okay. Um, Joe's is harder to figure. It makes sense in the dub, actually, because he's trying to be the reliable one. But in, in Japanese, his crest is, is actually sincerity, isn't it? No, it's, re- it it's reliability. In, in, the, in Japanese, it's faith. Faith. Oh, okay. Then it still makes sense. Because he, you know, takes it upon himself to go do what needs to be done. And even though he, ha- he doesn't think it'll turn out well, but he... he he does it anyway because it's the right thing to do. I just found that all really weird. It felt like a very Thai thing to do, to just rash. It felt like he was being rash and not... Yeah, you really think it, it was through. the right thing to do? And then he triggered... Uh, it Goldman's was in evolution. his... I, I don't think it was the right thing to do, but... Um, but he also jumped in on his... Unimon. Like, even in addition to climbing up, he, like, yeah. you know, put himself in danger like Thai. Yeah. The thing with Joe is, like, where he was stuck was that he didn't want to risk everyone, but he did think it was a good idea to go on top and see what was there. He didn't agree with Ty's idea that they should all go because what if they got attacked and they all died, but he didn't want to lose the chance to see what was there. Yes. And then all of this logic falls apart when Ty and Sora just fly up on Bergemon. It's like, why didn't somebody just do that before? (laughs) (laughs) Well, th- weren't the yeah. Digimon tired or something? I don't remember. It was but just they could have just waited. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, there, yeah, there is. Know. Well, yeah. Yeah. Logic. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Joe's is hard for me to hear exactly. And then Mimi's... Uh, 
art. <laughs> yeah, that mm, I can't link Mimi's to her to her crest exactly, but I can certainly link it to her character arc because um, later on she ends up raising an army of Digimon. I, I don't. To what's fight her crest? Her. I don't remember. It's sincerity slash purity. Ugh, purity. Yeah, yeah, I have issues with that, and that's, I know that's why they changed that in the dub, but at the same time, it actually fits her better than Sincerity does, so I'm, I'm torn. Of course, because girls are always pure. Well. This is, this is what Inuyasha taught me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Girls. (laughs) Purification. Priestesses. Kari. Yeah. This is everything. (laughs) But yeah, it's interesting to me that that's how the champion level evolutions worked out. Um, because we don't know about the crests yet. I don't know if the dubbers knew because they, they seem to slide some things in there, like Gabumon referring very strongly to, uh, strongly refer- I lost track of that sentence somewhere. But Gabumon makes a very heavy handed point of calling Matt his friend. And, um, Mm-hmm. I think someone said something about Ty's courage at some point. And I think Gomon calls Joe reliable. Did I make that up? Uh, I may have made that up because I think I would have written that down. I didn't see it when I went. Yeah, I notes. think you made that up. I think you. Made I remember up. writing courage linked with Ty though, so that that probably happened. Yeah, and I think they probably, and there was all that you know affection nuzzly stuff going on with Sora and Bioman. Yeah, and. I don't know how far they planned ahead with this, but it was interesting to me to see it, knowing that that was going to happen. I also found it interesting that the all that was required for the in-training Digimon to Digivolve was the presence of their partner. It's like each successive evolution takes more of a connection with their partner. Takes more partner charge. Pretty much. And it takes more <laughs> of the kids discovering who they are. Instead of a mass of kids all feeling the same fear, it becomes personalized. Their, their power is personalized. So I had some thoughts about the Digivolution itself, putting it in contrast with Pokemon, which the main thing I'm thinking of is the episode of Pokemon where I think there was like a bunch of Bulbasaur or something. And, and Bulbasaur, yeah. his Bulbasaur is ready to evolve. Or not, not ready yeah, to evolve, yeah, yeah. but... It was about this moral conflict of should Bulbasaur evolve and is he a different Pokemon then? And the conclusion was that no, he's not going to, Ash isn't going to evolve his Bulbasaur. And I don't know, this Digimon, I think, teaches a better lesson that things have to change. That I'm thinking in particular of the first episode when they meet their in-training Digimon and then, you know, within a couple minutes they digivolve and become completely different Digimon. And they struggle with like, well, now you're a different person right but they're still happy about it you know like yeah. and i think that's so different from oh no you've changed and i feel like it's weird to teach children that like you shouldn't change it feels very repressive and yeah i've actually heard that put into words before where pokemon is a show about kids staying kids forever yeah and digimon is a show about kids growing up hmm. yes yeah that's even true in like i mean there are so many things but it's the, ep- yeah. the season structure the yeah, did you, and ideas. Digimon comes up with a new world every season. It's fresh with new things, and Pokemon is Pokemon does have new Pokemon. 
but Ash is still eleven yeah, years Ash old. Is still eleven after uh, after how many years? He now? explores the world for over ten years, and he's still eleven. That's fun. <laughs> okay, I, I watched a video on YouTube about this once, and I recall there. Be, I think there was there's a point where he has a birthday, and then yeah, later on they in... refer to his year his it's actually age. in a movie oh. it's in a movie he's he it's not his birthday actually it's the one year anniversary of his meeting pikachu right it was um it wasn't pikachu's vacation it was the short before pokemon 2000 when he goes and hangs out with um meryl the pichu brothers oh i don't know i think that's what it was well, this isn't a Pokemon podcast. This is not a Pokemon podcast, <laughs> but we were, t- we, it was for comparison's sake. So now that we're seeing this show as adults, what do you think about the jokes? Um, that they're really bad. I feel like they get better later on. Maybe that's just my memory filming over. You mean how a Pokemon doesn't get the pizza, he gets the crust? <laughs> I, I actually, the, th- the joke I, associate with Apocalymon is he has hot and cold running water but um what what does it even mean nothing they were trying to explain his stupid his stupid uh he has like a blue cord and a red cord running into him i don't know (laughs) so ashley the the joke i'm referring to is he's like He's supposed to be like a Why really do you get figure. the pizza when I get the crust? Yeah, he's basically being oh my like, God. I <laughs> don't have friends or something. I don't know. Like, he's very sad. Okay, yeah, basically. But I, I feel like it's it's strange because we talked about why they would change the the names of the characters, and there are reasons for it. It makes sense, and I really don't see the reason to make the show full of jokes. It mm-hmm. seems like the goal was to make it more attractive to a younger audience, to make it more mm-hmm. enjoyable. But it just seems weird to me because. As a kid, I never noticed the jokes. I never thought of Digimon as a show that was really humorous. I did, but not because of the jokes. Yeah, I think for me, though, watching it now, I think a lot of it may be to fill quiet time that was in the original. I think there's a lot of times people just aren't speaking. Mm -hmm. I also feel like it was maybe there for the actors because I'd get bored, wouldn't you? Oh, do your job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know maybe the landscape has changed but it seems like you know just doing a straight drama show it also seems like they weren't really delivered well either it didn't seem like the laugh the actors were no that good at delivering the jokes no I yeah i like the jokes because they have to fill up bad. space that some of them have to fill up space where there wasn't dialogue before like it has to be hurried because it's just like a random shot that has to be full of dialogue so it's gonna say it really yeah. fast and one-offish. So yeah. Why does it have to be contained with dialogue? I guess I guess the thought is that it'll be boring and they won't. Yeah. They won't like it. But it seems like if they want, I guess I was thinking for a younger audience, wouldn't they be turned off by so much dialogue and be confused? But I guess no. that's not really. It doesn't matter if you don't get it. Like I don't know. There's so many jokes in so many things that kids don't. Yeah. Get. But I feel like I didn't. As a nine-year-old, there was nothing that would have actually been over my head. But I guess it was. It wasn't. The jokes were not over my head. I understood them. I did not find them funny. And it wasn't to the point where I realized how terrible they were. So maybe that was just that age wasn't the target audience, but... Nine is totally the target Uh, audience. I guess. Do you think that the show would have been less successful if it didn't have those jokes? I think it would have been a very different animal. And I guess maybe I shouldn't be phrasing it in this way that's like, why did they do this? Like, I'm thinking of it from more of like a, how did they get the best, the biggest audience? And, you know, maybe this was just an artistic decision on the translator's part. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but I think 
once they were on this road, they had to stick to it. And I think that makes the two shows very different experiences to watch. And I think it, it for me, it makes it a very rich experience going back and forth between the two. Hmm. So I don't know what would have happened if it had been different, but I know that I appreciate the way it is now. Interesting. And I think they get better at delivery as they go on. I'm curious to see like if seasons like uh, Tamers and Frontier, if they're also as laden with jokes. I feel like Tamers wasn't. Yeah, Tamers? Frontier had some. Frontier took itself more seriously, though. I felt like Tamers took itself more seriously, too. No, yeah. Tamers took itself the most seriously. (laughs) That's why they're the the best. I mean, being... Putting myself into young me, I actually think I would have liked the show more if it was more serious, just based on the trajectory of anime that I liked took. like I liked Escaflone a lot because it was so much more serious than other cartoons yeah. and it showed me that like cartoons aren't just for silly laughs and children which is what this feels like yeah which is what this feels like looking back at it for me i don't well i i like humor a lot more than you do ashley indeed um yeah so for me i think the fact that it was funny made it more made the emotional scenes have a lot more impact for me if it was all serious all the time i i i would there wouldn't be as much of a like emotional shift and it wouldn't affect me as much. Yeah. Hmm. I guess so. I feel like there are times though where that kind of falls down, like yeah. in how, uh, uh, what are their names? The, the two Digimon that are like a pair that chase Mimi in the first Sunoman, season. Uh, Chumon and Sukuman. Sukuman. Right. Right. And it's really tragic when they die in the first season and then they never show them again. The first season, when they first show them in the second season, after everyone's been reborn, they're just chasing Mimi again, and it's played for laughs. And it's not like there's no reunion. There's no like, oh, it's really great to see you. We really like we had this tragic moment where you died. Instead, it's just actually, oh no, they're chasing them. Yeah, I actually don't remember seeing them again in season two. Mm, well, people can write in and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. I remember finding that they, totally they, strange. They very well might. I, I don't. Remember. I remember having the same issue with. I think Waymon makes an appearance in season two, and it's it's not played for laughs, but it's. It's kind of just like, oh, there's Waymon. It's, but I'm like, Waymon's back. Cool. And there's like, yeah, oh, it's Waymon. There are deaths that are played very seriously, like Wizardmon. Yeah. Well, death singular. Wizardmon. Yeah. <laughs> actually, when I went through it, well, like, and Leomon actually. Oh, poor Leomon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that's what I find what's weird about the tonal. That's why I consider it tonally deaf. Is that season two Leomon should be alive again? Does he make an appearance? Um. Like, these characters that tragically die in season one, they just kind of wipe the slate and like, oh no, they all come back. Uh, I mean, they don't all come back at the same rate, do they? I never expected that to happen. I mean, that's never been clear. Like, you know, according to the mechanics they've discussed, they should come back as in-training Digimon. But do you expect that, like, the Waymon they meet actually, you know, like, you know, spent a couple years being an in-training Digimon and then became a rookie and then became a champion? Uh, yeah. (laughs) I know, that seems... That seems like an aspect of the show they didn't really fully flesh out. Yeah, it is. And I don't really, I think at that point when we start thinking about that, we're taking it too far. That That's just something that you're not supposed to think about that detail. It's just sad that exists. One of the things that I think the thing that I like the best about this, this eight episodes, this mini arc, whatever, is all the weird stuff that they encounter. Um, <laughs> the phone booths, the forest of road signs, the trolley car. 
the electrical equipment in the lake with the trolley car, the utility poles in the desert, yeah, uh, the vending machines near Toy Town, the fridge. I feel like it gave a sense of like, you know, like this place is really weird. It's the uncanny valley. I guess. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like familiar enough, but yeah. it's like, no, it's it's all weird. And yeah, I, I like that, too. And I I like thinking back on what we said about the Digimon needing the, the, the kids to power them to help them grow. It's like the digital world doesn't exist without humans. It, it's born out of human information. And it makes sense that there has to be a symbiotic relationship between humans and Digimon. that doesn't exist between other separate worlds that show up in Digimon sometimes. Well, I just had a theory. I just mm-hmm. thought of it while we were talking about later in the series, they at least pretend. I guess it, let's just say it's planned that um, the Digimon, the Digidestins were supposed to appear on Fire, File Island as a testing ground. And mm-hmm. what I was going to complain about was that these, these weird things don't appear throughout the rest of the series, as far as I recall. They kind of do. They do? Not as much, and they're not as commented on, but I mean, what are the pyramids doing in Edamon's thing? Yeah, I mean, there, there's the pyramids, there's the Colosseum, but I viewed yeah. those as just like, you know, we're in a desert, so they're pyramids, and we're on the, I don't know, I don't know why there's a Colosseum. But those didn't seem particularly like, strange. There were soccer goals in... In Coliseum, yeah. Yeah. That was strange. Hmm. What else was there? I, I I don't remember enough to comment exactly. But I feel like it also... So my theory was that, you know, they were supposed to be put on this island as a test. And in some weird way, some entity from the digital world, I don't know, Jedi or whatever, <laughs> thought, oh, I'll give them a piece of home. And in the Swiss way, like, it's totally not. And it's like... That's interesting. It's interesting that he picked things that are electric also. Because it would sort of imply that the digital world is aware of the human world where they intersect with electronics. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think that... I feel like the adventure is more fantastic than other seasons. Or maybe not all other seasons, at least Tamers. I feel like the connections of, like, oh, it's a digital world and there's electronic... Connections. I feel like they're not really strong enough to go on. Well, that's actually why I like it. I like that they're very subtle, and the rest of the world is just this crazy mishmash of color <laughs> and poor backgrounds. And poor backgrounds. And backgrounds. Weird fruit. I mean, do you think that has weird, anything weird to do fruit. with like our technological advances within the years that these anime were produced in the real world? <laughs> it's also true. Yeah. Like, our relationship to technology would have changed rapidly within the years that this anime was produced. Yeah, I mean, even the years directly after, like, I got the impression from Adventure and um, the our war game movie that basically in the years between the, the series and the movie, the internet became popular enough to have to reframe what the digital world was. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I'm still not really clear... I I haven't seen the movie recently, but it seemed like they kind of made it out to be the digital world is kind of separate from the internet. The internet is kind of a digital world-like place. I I felt that the internet was a a construct within the human world that Digimon could have access to if Jedi put enough power into it. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah, the internet was this weird, amorphous, floaty place 
that wasn't really a world, but it was connected to a lot of things. It was connected to cash registers. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's connected to Ty's mom's microwave. Wait, really? When does that become obvious? But it wasn't really, but like, uh, <laughs> Infermon was making all sorts of electronics go haywire. Mm. And he wasn't present in the real world to do that. So I don't know. I felt, I don't know, my impression of the way the adventure series handles this adventure and adventure zero two is kind of just sloppy. Like it's like, Oh yeah. Data electronics, digital world. Um, I like that. About I don't know. You like that. It's sloppy or like that. It's not heavy handed. Both. I like that. It's weird, but it's weird and it's not consistent. Maybe it is consistent, but there's not enough described. And I guess, you know, describing all this, it makes sense to not describe all this in detail. Yeah. That's not the interesting part. But it would be the interesting part to me. <laughs> That's partially why I like Tamer is the best. Uh, and given what we know about Adventure Zero Two, I wanted to talk about killing Digimon, which technically doesn't happen in these episodes that we're discussing. But I thought it was interesting because there are several Digimon they attack. So there's Seijimon. Uh, Seijimon sinks to the bottom of the lake after they attack him. Shellmon, they like blast off into the ocean. Um, there was one more. What was the other Digimon that didn't have a black ear? Uagamon. Anyway, like all the, they seem to be okay. The kids seem to be okay with knowing, not knowing that they're having these Digimon. And it's clear based on uh, I think Kuagamon and Shellmon both return. Um, Actually, I have a point. I have a point to make about that. None of uh-huh. those Digimon talk. We only oh. start to meet other talking Digimon when Black Ears are introduced. Huh. Seedramon, Kuagamon, and Shellmon all just make growling noises. They don't even shout out their attacks. Um, Although I did find it interesting. I think Tentomon at one point calls out Seedramon's attacks for him. And he's like, that's He a was like, blank. that's his ice blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's because Tentomon's great. But um, yeah, like those Digimon don't talk. They are very clearly monsters that are threats. They're not. They don't seem sentient. They don't even seem to be attacking the kids for a reason besides just annoyance. That's, yeah, that's a really good point. being beasts. Yeah. And we don't actually meet any other Digimon. Well, no, we do. We do meet other Digimon that don't talk. And they are all also, like, more like animals than, like, sentient beings. Even, and it's not a matter of power either, because even the little Yokomon all talk. Yeah. Huh. I guess, I'm trying to think, is it a matter of, like, a certain class of Digimon? I don't think, because I feel like... I mean, Seedramon, there is, um, does Mega Seedramon talk in yes. Tokyo? And Metal Se- Mega Seedramon talks and Metal Seedramon talks. Mm. And I believe there may be a Seedramon in season two that talks. Because doesn't, uh, what's his name? Michael have a, he has a Betamon that evolves into Seedramon. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, I feel like it, it helps a lot in setting up because they don't need to, it, it's kind of more, it, it's justified attacking these things because they need to defend themselves and they're not... Mm-hmm. It, for them to be attacked by these Digimon, they either have to be monsters that are just aggressive or they have to be sentient and be super evil. Huh. I hadn't thought of it that way. So my original point was that it seems strange, given what we know about Adventure Zero Two, that they don't have any qualms about possibly killing these Digimon. But I think that makes sense because they don't they don't talk. They don't consider them sentient. Yeah. Um, which makes me wonder, how many sentient Digimon do they end up killing in Season 1? Uh... I mean, quite obviously... a few, quite a few, especially in the Dark Masters arc. Because, hmm. I mean, obviously the main villains, are there henchmen that they kill? Mm, Lady Devimon, um, uh, uh, Cherrymon, mm. 
Um, there's just a lot of death in the Dark Masters art. Yeah. Although, <sighs> death in Digimon is its own topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their data just gets reconfigured. But actually, now that I think about it, the, in, in Adventure Zero 2, the topic of death comes up when they're in the real world. But So isn't there a consistent, um, maybe not theory, but rule of Digimon in these two seasons that if they die in the real world, then they die for good, like Wizardmon? Uh, I don't think that can possibly be true because Myotismon came back. Yeah, but he infected a human. He also yeah. came back twice. I mean, he's special. <laughs> he's great. Yeah, I don't know. That might be true. Did Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon ever come back? They just were sent to a dungeon. I don't know what you're talking about. Dude, they died. They were sent to a dungeon. They died. According to my dub. <laughs> they died. Okay. <laughs> they totally 100% died. Oh, yeah. Ashley, you wanted to complain about Ty. Oh, yeah. I do want to complain about that, actually. <laughs> I just hate this trope. Like, in episode, is it three again? I don't know. When? I think I think of two. Is it two? With Shaman? Yeah. With Shaman, yes. When... So there's a time where they're like, we don't have any food. And then they find some food. And of course, you know, Joe and people are like, oh, we should divide it up equally. But Tai and Agumon just eat food and are like, whatever. So then when they get attacked by Shellmon, Greymon is the only, or Agumon is the only one who can digivolve into Greymon. And it's like, so they were rewarded for being stupid. And I just really hate that trope. I feel like it's in a lot of other things. Maybe it's just because Jeff has been watching What's It Called? What what is it called? What are you talking the, about? Um, I should know what it's the cop funny cop show. Oh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, and Brooklyn Nine Nine. The main guy pisses me off too because it's always there's a very definitive leader. He's the main character. They make reprehensible decisions, are rewarded for them. Sort of in the end, learned a lesson, but I feel like the reward <laughs> overrides at least partially the lesson of like yeah. you did not okay. do this yeah. correctly. <laughs> okay. I take issue with Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I think if you watched all of it, you'd see that he doesn't get directly rewarded for it. Like in this way, Agumon eats all the food and is directly rewarded for that. And he can be the hero. But in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's like, you know, he is a goofball and is kind of punished for that usually and has to not really overcome it. But I think it's separate. But yeah. I mean, on one level, it makes sense from a I've been taking a morality class perspective of like there's a line you need to draw evolutionarily to be like I'm going to be selfish now because I want to survive and then the selfish people are the ones who survive more so on that level it makes sense but I just feel like in this more civilized society that we live in <laughs> we should did you say from an evolutionary perspective yeah I think you mean a digivolutionary a yes from a oh digital <laughs> yes but it just it always really bothers me because it's also then they became a leader by just happenstance. Like if Biomon had eaten food, then she could have been the leader. Like, okay, I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's true that whoever digivolved first be, would become the leader. Um, right. I think it'd be one thing if one thing I thought was really interesting um, once I like formed my notes was that they're really in these eight episodes they really stick to some rules about. Um, only digivolving once per day. So if it, if they didn't have that rule and once Agumon digivolved, he could just like take down anything. Um, I would agree with you, but he's kind of powerless for several episodes. And right. I don't think that makes him the leader. Well, that also, that is what I... Ty gets punished. Ty gets punished for this behavior later. Later, but we're not, we're not later. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> 
He gets away with it this time. <laughs> right. Well, I think that that thing was into the progressions of devolution is like, yeah, then it does get confusing whether you're like, oh, I guess Greymon and Ty are the leaders. But then it feels like because then they are slightly powerless each time. And it seems like then it seems like the enemies ramp up in difficulty because of that and then so then the later people seem stronger i guess except Hmm. kabuterimon because his fight was just i maintain that his fight was extra lame (laughs) so many of these fights are extra lame but i think it's true in that there are many fights where um other digimon help out you know like um like greymon and garurumon were able to take out shellmon and sijumon on their own well, okay, this is a bad example because Andromon's ultimate. But there are, <laughs> there are a couple examples. Andromon's not an ultimate. Andromon. He's not an ultimate. He is. No, he isn't. He is. I swear you even yeah, said you this. Yeah, you did on say this. <laughs> Andromon? Andro. Oh, Andromon. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Uh, he is an ultimate. Right. So, but there is another Oh, yeah. I guess uh, Bergamon and Greymon help attack Unimon, and they can't defeat Unimon, but then Ikakumon does. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a matter of strategy. Like, he's able to, you know, shoot out the harpoon torpedo, which then bursts and hits him from behind. Um, yeah. But it does give the impression that, that there are, like, the ones that come out later are stronger. I don't know. It gives that impression. Got that. I don't know. It gives that impression when it's, it's, it's hard to not get that impression when it's like, these two Digimon can't be this one Digimon. Yeah. Oh, this new one didn't want to attack. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. I guess as a kid, I already assumed that all of them were equal. <laughs> Equality. What is ridiculous. I, I watched a lot of Power Rangers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this this arc is a good introduction to Digimon? Yeah, because the kids don't know anything, and neither do we. I guess I'm also curious, when did you guys see the- like, what episode was your first? Episode one. My god, Ashley? I don't even know. Somewhere in the middle, because I just watched- Of this? Or the whole season? The whole season, because I just watched the reruns on Fox until they, like, started at the beginning again. Hmm. What about you, Jeff? Uh, mine was episode two, so- yeah, I think I sidestepped. I, I think I think I saw episode one, and then I missed a few, and then I went back during reruns. I, it was very. I think these these first seven episodes, especially, are or like episodes two through seven are all like their own separate story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very episodic, um, and each has its own setting. I find it actually interesting in that they have their own setting, but they also you know like they make sense narrative. Like they they always start off where they they like the, the episodes. Um, it's like they crossfade almost. Yeah. Like they, they always end it's, on some note and they begin on that note and then go to a new place. Yeah. To compare it to Pokemon again, like they don't just start walking in the middle of a wood. You already knew where they were. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. It, it uh, rewards you for watching all of them, but also they're still just as um, you can just watch one in the middle. And yeah, uh, you might be kind of confused, like who else can Digivolve now? I don't know. But it doesn't, <laughs> I guess what's effective is that it doesn't end up really mattering. Yeah. You know, like the the character who that episode is about is always the one who's going to digivolve in that episode. So right, and I think I think it also like the weirdness is intriguing. The the, tel- the telephone booth and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I think it's pretty effective. Aside from the first episode, the first episode has twenty one different characters being introduced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it was a little overwhelming yeah. and boring. <laughs> like I just wonder, as a kid, would I have been able to? You know, like pick up on those twenty-one different names. Doesn't even matter because they digivolve to something else. At yeah. The end. Well, I mean, the seven of those are the. Oh yeah, yeah. There are seven kids and seven in-training Digimon and seven rookie Digimon. Well, with the rookie Digimon, you get more chances to learn their names later. But yeah. I definitely did not know the in-training names. Yeah. 
I'm kind of surprised by how many of them I remember now. Well, like, I know mo- all like, of them now. I don't remember them all now. But like some of them, like Motumon, I'm like, oh yeah, definitely got Motumon and Koromon and Sunomon. Really? I don't huh. know why those. Like Motumon, is it Motumon? Because you see, yes. I think in Japanese it's Mochimon. Because oh. it looks like yeah. Mochi. <laughs> um, but I think it's because you see them a lot again. Modimon comes back in the the Crest arc. Sunomon and Koromon. Well, Koromon yeah. comes back a lot. Sunomon comes back. Well, both well, Sunomon and Koromon come back a lot, don't they? Whenever they make Koromon a- comes back more than Sunomon, but Sunomon, yeah, he shows up a lot. Yeah, Koromon's kind of like iconic. Yeah. Well, Sunomon is orange. He's very, he's very stink color. Yeah, he's very distinctive. Yeah. The rest of them are, almost all of them are pink. Well, that's not true. Mimi's isn't pink, about... though. Isn't that shocking? Yeah, Mimi's is green. Yeah. And I always liked Tanemon. Okay, so to everyone who is listening for the first time, which is everyone, because it's our first episode. <laughs> this uh, is our second episode. Okay, it's our first episode where we actually discuss the show directly. We have taken notes while we're watching of uh, lines that we thought were particularly ridiculous, either funny or terrible or ter- funny because they're so terrible. <laughs> um, sometimes puns, sometimes not puns. And we're going to go around and like a sports team draft, we're going to, uh, we're going to have three or five slots. Three. Three. Okay. I don't have enough for five. <laughs> well, I have enough for five. So, <laughs> I so we're gonna be we're gonna be competing to pick these um, to pick our favorites. So I, if I'm picking first, then I'm doing. No question, man. You are the dude of doodles. Oh, that was that was also <laughs> on mine too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I knew that would be on everybody's. And for everyone who hasn't seen it recently, this is in reference to Ty's drawing a map, I believe. Yes. In episode eight, yes. Of the yeah. island. And, I don't, and is, Matt. Is, Matt, is Matt complimenting him or making fun no, of him? No, he's know. making fun of him. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this map is awful. It's not even a map. It's just pencil on a paper. Like It's it's not even that. Yeah. Words cannot describe <laughs> Jeff, go find a picture of it and put it in the notes. <laughs> I I get to go now, Jeffrey, and say the uh, thing. You guys are stealing all my stuff. Yeah. Alright, so my one of my favorites is while they're fighting Unimon, right? Uh yeah. yeah. Ty says It's after yeah. He gets knocked down. Yeah. Greymon uh, gets knocked down and then oh, Ty yeah, I have this one too. Ty says <laughs> Greymon, are you gonna be alright? I'm styling, dude. <laughs> I yeah. What? And it's like what it just happened? We had to literally rewind it to be like, did he just say I'm styling, dude? <laughs> and yeah. he totally did. I'm being way too yeah. Bad. So I, I think I think that line must be iconic to certain fandom people because I posted a GIF on Reddit uh, that was Greymon grasping up, and I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and someone replied, like only two people replied, and one of them was just a quote, I'm styling. <laughs> so like he recognized that it was the same fight. And <laughs> I mean, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you guys took my number one and number two picks. Just we know funny when we see it. <laughs> Luck of the draw. Okay. So, so my, my first pick then is uh, when Ogremon and Leomon are being introduced and they each describe each other. Uh, Ogremon introduces Leomon as saying, Your kind-hearted leadership is unimpressive! Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was not my number one pick, but thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so I get to go again? Mm-hmm. So this is from episode four, and Mimi's speaking, and she's like, 
Hey, remember those phone booths and that streetcar? Yeah, what about them? Oh, nothing. I was just wondering if anybody else remembered. <laughs> so good, though. And I was just like, you're great. Mimi, you're a beautiful treasure. That was a particularly good so, one. So to be clear, we actually think that's genuinely funny, right? I think, I think it's genuinely it's funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I get to go. Yeah. Uh, in episode two, when I guess they're just discussing going home and whether the parents are uh, trying to find them, Gomaman says, Parents? What exactly is a parent? I love Haha, ha, grammar. <laughs> like, he is the light of my life. I like his orange hair. In my notes, it says, Gomamon is literally the best. And then underneath it, it says, life-saving events. One, two, three. What? I was <laughs> counting the part, the all the times that he was useful. <laughs> yes. Phil just like his orange hair. <laughs> I did not know he had orange hair. Oh my god. <laughs> so my, my next pick is... Uh, this... This is from episode one. Yeah, I was confused about the my notes, but no, it's episode one. It's right after the Digimon first go into their rookie form. Uh, and I guess they attack Kuagumon once and he falls down. They think they've won. And Tentumon turns to Izzy and says, How about that Super Shocker? Pretty wizard, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. I think I, think I also uh... had to rewind that and be like, Wizard? <laughs> like, the noun? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, good lord. Um, Your last pick. Oh, okay, I found one. This one I have with a note in the margin that says, Joe, you are the heart of my life. And I, it says, I just don't like to eat on an empty stomach. When did, do you remember that it's from? It's from episode four. Huh. Oh, it's when the Yokomon are trying to feed them the bird seed. Um, oh, right. I think I remember hearing that and was like, Joe. I love Joe. <laughs> I love all the characters that everyone hated when they were 10. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know which one to choose. It's your last one. No. Actually, I know, I know which one you're going to choose. Do you? Yeah. I don't think you do, actually. But then you're forgetting the one that you want to choose. No, I'm looking at both of them, and I'm like, actually, I think this other one is funnier. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Well, it's from episode five when Izzy is talking about aliens. Ty says, uh -huh. when Izzy's like playing on his computer, Ty says, Maybe he's asking them to beam him up. Oh, yeah. I why remember is, that. Why is that funny? I don't get it. Isn't it a reference to Star Trek? Yes. I yes, mean, it is. I mean, it's it's also, I, I guess that's the, like, it's also just a trope of alien fiction. I guess, but I, I guess, think I guess the, the words word, beam him yeah. up. But, but I don't get it. <laughs> like, it's not funny on, like, it's just a Star Trek word. It's not funny out of context. I laughed a little when it was happening. I definitely laughed when it happened. Okay, my last pick is kind of funny because it's so ridiculous, but I don't think it'll work out of context because I'm really not sure what was going on. It's more just like, what? And it's in episode three, I believe it's it's the episode where they find the lake and camp in the trolley car. And I believe it's before they go to sleep, they're like inspecting around the lake, I think. <laughs> and Palmon like helps Mimi find something. I'd be a big mess without you, Palmon. You're the best. A staff. I don't know what she's oh, saying. Yeah. I have no idea what she says either. I have I, I wondered about Gustav. this. I have wondered about this for like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, not quite. Be 14 years, wouldn't it? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So that those are our picks. Here, I'm going to say the one that Jeff thought I was going to say, because I know exactly what it is. It's from episode three after Gurumon has defeated Sidramon and Matt says, You know, you were the man and you're the wolf man. 
there was so much you're the man going on between episode two and three. I was like, nobody's the man anymore. Wait, so in, in episode that. three, like, Tai calls Agumon the man. And then, like, like ten seconds later, Gabumon calls Matt the man. I'm like, yeah. were you just, like, overhearing and repeating? Like, what? Yeah, it was odd. You can find the show at poddigits.com or on iTunes. And you should subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Would and follow our Twitter. Appreciate that. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Poddigits. Um, yeah, and we're a really new podcast with not much of an audience. And it would really <laughs> help if you rated us on iTunes because that would help us find new people. Whatever small percentage of people there are out there that would be interested in the Digimon podcast, we want to find them all. So yeah, um, and we'll be back for episode three, talking about the rest of the Digim- the rest of the Devimon arc. All right, see you then. Bye. 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 I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you mean your locomon of thought? Yes, I lost my trailmon of thought. No, in episode five, Tai and Agumon go to punch someone. I can't remember who it is, but they get out of the way and they end up punching each other. And I'm pretty sure that's... It was Izzy. They were oh, going to punch his computer. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's foreshadowing for Savers. That's not foreshadowing because they hadn't written Savers it's yet. It's foreshadowing for that's Savers. That's not how foreshadowing <laughs> yeah, not works. Not <laughs> it's foreshadowing. Your foreshadowing. And the true statement of the week is a quote from Matt in episode seven, where he said, Has anyone noticed we talk a lot about food? Yeah, I know. That was so <laughs> I was like, Yes, yes, you do. Yeah. So it's the, the seven humans, the seven hu- human? What's the plural of human? Humans. Yeah, what? With Are an you S. Sure? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're talking too much. <laughs> Okay, so there are seven humans. Are you sure? Yes! Yes! <laughs> there are seven kids and seven in training Digimon. Seven.